0: Hi, this is Kai Sato with Shack to Corner Office. And today we are blessed to be speaking with Sheila Mulligan, who is Managing Director at Edelman and a caddy once upon a time. So we get to hear a little bit more about her story today. Sheila, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me, Kai.
0: So before we dive into some of these earlier stories and and what your experience is like, would you mind just kind of bragging a little bit and helping us understand what you do all day? I also saw that you're on the board of a nature museum and some of the things that are near and dear to you these days.
1: Sure, I'm happy to. Um, So I am the managing director of our corporate brand and reputation practice at Edelman. Um, Most of our work centers on servicing the C-suite have many organizations that span industry and sector. And I have the benefit of leading a really incredible team of almost 100 practitioners, um, largely based in the Midwest. So Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, some of our key markets. Um, and while I'm not exactly the CEO um, herself, I have the benefit um, to spend a lot of time with CEOs and members of the C-suite in various advisory capacities. Um, across both business and communication challenges.
0: That's incredible. We are absolutely gonna kind of pry and ask a little bit more about that and some of the reasons why you love your job, but we're gonna kind of pull you back and, and try to understand, You, know, where did you first caddy? How old were you?
1: Sure, um, so it's going way back and I, I had to do <laughs> some digging to do some reflection on, on how I started. But um, I was 13 years old when I started caddying at the Beverly Country Club. Um, I was introduced to caddying by my sister. Her name is Deirdre Keen, um, and she was one of probably very few um, young women caddies at the time and, and really showed me the ropes, helped me break into um, the caddying scene and um, get me set up for success. She was also uh, an Evan Scholar at the University of Illinois.
0: And how did she even come across this? How did the idea germinate with her?
1: Yeah, it's very Chicago, the story, Kai. Um, You know, someone who knows someone who helps someone. Um, So we were introduced to caddying by um, friends of our family, the Maher and the Hurley family. Uh, Michael Maher is actually um, a member of the leadership team at the Western Golf Association and part of the Evans Scholar leadership team. Um, They had started caddying and they knew that um, our fathers were both immigrants from Ireland and they had worked together. Um, And so they knew we were going to be seeking financial aid and support and assistance and going to college. And they introduced my parents uh, to the concept of caddying. Um, And they were the the first people who um, helped us understand it and um, got us into the Beverly Country Club where they also caddied.
0: Incredible, incredible. So, take us through kind of your earliest memories. Maybe even your first day. Do you remember your first loop and what it was like? Were you nervous?
1: I do. I was incredibly nervous. I think my hand was shaking um, the whole time. I remember it was rainy the the first day I walked in. Um, But we had one of the most incredible um, caddy masters at Beverly Country Club. His name is Tom Gorman. Um, He has since passed away, unfortunately. Um, but he was an icon at the club. He taught me a lot about empathy um, and inclusivity very early in life in terms of how he really got to know caddies and really understood how to pair caddies with golfers to groom them, right? Knew if you understood the game or if you were very early in your understanding of the game, I would be one of the very Um, golf uh, 101, uh, you know, sort of entry-level participants. I I was never exposed to golf as a child. My parents didn't golf, so I had a lot to learn. Um, And and most caddies at Beverly would tell you what Tom Gorman was famous for doing, uh, was helping new caddies like me spend a lot of time with some of the most senior golfers in the club, um, you know, which were were fondly known as retired or, you know, senior members of the club. Mr. Prindaville, I will never forget him, was my very first loop. He was the kindest man I have ever met. Um, He he took it upon himself to train young caddies, build their confidence, um, have a very slow (laughs) um, and sort of steady loop their first couple rodeos. um, And he was incredibly kind um, and helpful to me in sort of um, teaching me the game, helping me understand um, and build my confidence.
0: What was the the culture like in the caddy yard? We've heard, especially with Evan Scholars in Chicago, sometimes it's kind of like a Lord of the Flies thing. But especially being a <laughs> young woman at the time, what, what was the? What was the whole vibe.
1: I have to tell you, um, I went to an all girls Catholic school, and um, caddying sort of re exposed me to having co educational time again in a co ed sort of community. Um, and I am a lucky one in that I would say Beverly was incredibly special. I, i talked to you about empathy and inclusivity. Some of the, the now men boys at the time that I caddied with were, um, just some of the best people, um, I have known in my life, hilarious, incredible sense of humors, um, the type of people who would pick up your bag if they knew, you know, I was all but maybe a hundred pounds when I started caddying, and these are when those old tour bags were still very popular at the club. I mean, golfers had extra pairs of shoes. You think there was an anvil in there? It might have
0: been, could have been Caps. a dead body in there. You never know. felt
1: like it some of the days. Um, you know, these were the type of guys who would, you know, carry the bag for a couple holes, let you four caddies so you could get a break um you know and sort of police any bs if there was guy talk right that perhaps felt uncomfortable for a 13 year old girl they spoke up so you know i had a great experience i i i view many of the the boys um that i caddied with as sort of big brother type characters um and they really looked out for you and i felt incredibly supported at the club
0: that's amazing to hear and and probably (laughs) Especially now, because certain clubs are doing away with caddy programs. Um, out here in Los Angeles, they tend to be very pro yards, very intimidating, rough and grumble type, tumble types of places. Uh, but especially for for young women who are in, especially you know, that you look at the WGA and what they do to help introduce people in the We Met Fund. But making sure that they know that it, it can be a very safe and positive environment, and and that the the people there. Are going to look out for you just like a kid sister or something like that so that's it's really incredible to hear that that was your your experience
1: absolutely
0: so as you're carrying this massive anvil filled golf bag <laughs> and you're, you're starting to learn these ropes were there ever any big blunders or mistakes that were made that you would oh my have goodness
1: oh my goodness there's probably too many to count i'm embarrassed um sure i mean i don't know how many times i probably made an improper um mathematical yardage mistake um you know to the tune of being off by 100 yards um there were several forecasting mistakes you know where the ball just completely got lost in my eyes um it, I, there were just so so many faux pas i can't even capture but i have to tell you for the most part the golfers have the best sense of humor um, and I learned from it. And I look, even in the teams I lead today, I sort of look back at those critical moments where you're mortified um, at how much it taught me and really sort of motivated me to want to learn and be better at the game. Um, and it actually got me to start playing the game. I don't think you truly get it until you start playing. Um, and I did. And so every mistake, I think, helped me sort of want to refine um, my own approach and skill set and just made me a better Better caddy at the end of
0: the day. Sure, sure. Well, mistakes are how we learn, and don't feel too bad. We had a chance to talk to Bill Doyle, whom you may know, and he actually ruined uh, one of Arnold Palmer's perfect rounds by miscutting him, <laughs> him and airmelled a par three. And you know, uh, evidently, Arnie couldn't have been nicer about it. Just grabbed him and said, "Oh, so don't worry about it, Sonny." So we we've all made that mistake. So the pros still get it wrong every every now and again. So that's uh, uh, That's comforting. yeah. No, it's you're you're not the first. We heard of all of them. Um, <laughs> so. As you got deeper and deeper into this, how long did you caddy? What were the summers like? Uh, you, know, you kind of like paint the, the picture as you progressed, gained confidence and, and probably built up a, a book of business if you will.
1: Sure, so um, I caddied all, all my summers through high school. It's actually part of a mandate when you know you're going to apply to become a Chick Evans Scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, look, I, I have to take not a lot of credit. I benefited from having a sister who really sort of plowed um, the way and sort of, you know, like all good little sisters do, um, followed in her shadow. She built a lot of credibility, um, and trust with a lot of the golfers. And I, I benefited from that. Um, I, you know, I also formed some really good relationships with some of the members who ultimately ended up sponsoring me. Um, Patrick McDermott was one of those, um, golfers who, who was very supportive and, and kind. Um, but the summers were hard. If, if you were speaking honestly to um, either of my parents right now, you know, there was a lot of teenage emotion in sort of giving up, in my opinion, your summer to live on a golf course versus hang at a beach or you know, go shopping with your friends. Um, I, I wasn't happy about it. Um, I can look back now in life and understand how beneficial the experience was and, and how much today I have so much gratitude, um, both to my parents for pushing me, um, is a kind word. Um, you know, and what the experience ultimately unleashed for me as, as a person, um, I'll, you'll get to this, I guess, in in your probing later, but, you know, I I ultimately met my husband um, on a golf course, and he is also um, an Evans Scholar. And so, um, you know, it has come full circle for me in terms of what it has enabled for me as a person, and then also what professionally um, it has helped me accomplish. Well,
0: hang on, we, we uh, didn't know that, so let's just go right there because we, we we can we don't have a set script here. We're just wanting sure. to make sure that that we are able to tease out all the best nuggets that represent your story, which is an incredible one. So please.
1: Sure. So my husband, who gave me the moniker, Mulligan, um, his name is Michael Mulligan. He caddied at Butler National um, out here where we actually now live um, in Elmhurst. It's right next door. Um, he earned the scholarship to Marquette. And um, ironically, I did not receive the scholarship upon my first application. And I think one thing you'll learn about me, Kai, is I'm determined. I don't give up and I don't take no for an answer. So um, the Evans declined my application in year one. It was a record year of applications um, for Caddy scholars. So I attended a local college in Chicago and I reapplied my second year. The irony is I I selected the University of Illinois, again, following in my sister's footsteps as my first choice school. Um, As as sort of the the stars would have it, U of I was full. And so they sent me to my second choice school, which was Marquette, which happened to be my now husband's first choice draft pick. Um, And that's how we met. Um, We met as scholars um, uh, on Medina golf course. um, It's sort of a mixer um, pre going to Marquette.
0: I mean, I don't know why the Evan Scholars isn't kind of broadcasting that. There's there's nothing this organization doesn't do for people. You want to go to college, you want to start a family, you know, just let us know.
1: Yes, just let us know. It's full circle. Um, so yes, it 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 literally is ingrained in in every aspect of my life. My husband and I actually just got back. We did a golf retreat um at Kohler in Wisconsin um together the other week. How was that? There were lots of mulligans, Kai, I can tell you. <laughs> After well, having three kids, our, our game is uh, a little rusty.
0: <laughs> so you touched on some of the people who made an impact. And yeah. so we'd love to hear more about them. And we we know Beverly is kind of this uh, shining and, and crowning place in terms of helping caddies, especially the WGA. But who were some of the people who really made an impact? Were there any kind of big mentor figures or people like that for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I could write a book about Tom Gorman, who I, I mentioned earlier, is someone who I don't think truly got the credit that he deserved for how much of an advocate he was, um, and not just for caddies, but um, for young kids. He was a, a, a member of the St. Lawrence um, high school faculty. It was an all boys Catholic school in Chicago. Um, and he really dedicated his life to helping adolescents, I think find their way is, is my best way of describing him. And he did it with such ease. Um, it was simple things he would do when he, we would come into the course. Everyone had a nickname, which you can appreciate. It was a very Caddyshack-like um, culture, not a mean nickname, a kind one. And so when I would walk in, he would, he would say, hey, sunshine's here. Look who rolled in, sunshine, it's 10 a.m., right? She could have had five loops in by now. Um, It was that kind of talk, though, that just made you feel part of a community, you were recognized, and you knew he would sort of go to bat for you in any situation. You know, not every interaction was sunshine and roses. There were some difficult loops, and um, he was never afraid to advocate for people, um, correct bad behavior, Um, And really lead by example. I I think when I think of the Evans Scholar program, what Tom Gorman did in his legacy at Beverly should be a pilot for how that should be scaled across, frankly, every golf course, Um, thinking about supporting caddies and thinking about becoming more involved um, in the Chick Evans program.
0: It's a great point, and I mean, he—he he probably has no idea, or had no idea, just the the level of impact that he made, right? It's because, because by transitive property, what you're able to do every day, and what many people are able to do in their lives, that's really what it's about. And these one, one individual can have such a, an indelible mark on you,
1: without question. And then the the other um, people I've already mentioned, my sister um, has been just an incredible um, role model for me in in all parts of life, but um. know what's special about my sister is she was hearing impaired when she took on the job of catting so talk about sort of headwinds right not a lot of women um you have a hearing impairment on a golf course right when you're you're sort of walking behind golfers at all times and you know she just crushed it and she, she never let that be an impediment to her and so for me it was always like well oh my goodness you have no excuses right your your sister's doing this and um she's got a a lot of headwinds in her face and so so she i would applaud as you know a a significant mentor to me and showing me the ropes and there were several other women on the golf course um one of my my best college friends her name is celia moore um who's probably one of the most outgoing humans you'll ever meet she now works at google i would put her on your list of um people to take a look at but um she was my sort of partner in crime i would say on the golf course you know you felt good because celia was there and, and introduced me to a lot of the other golfers um was was really an excellent caddy when i think about um some of the best caddies on the course um and just a great great person um great energy um, and then the last person i'll mention who also caddied with me at Beverly and I want to shout out to a lot of the the female caddies was Galen Bell, um, another person for your list. She was actually my big sister at Marquette, um, caddied with me at Beverly. She's about two years, three years ahead of me in in life. Um, Really set a strong example, was a great support system for me, um, both in my caddy journey and then also in my college journey. Um, and has done really well um, in her own life and, and professional career. So so those are sort of some of the special call-outs for me.
0: No problem. No, that's that's really beautiful. You touched on some of the big lessons, some of the the big takeaways. And it was there was a lot of consternation in sound of that, right? And like you said, it's not easy work. Everyone thinks it's just gonna like show up and you know, you gotta wait a long time. Oftentimes it's hot. Uh the bags are heavy. Sometimes people are rather temperamental, and the job itself is demanding. Right, staying on it, knowing the yardages, knowing the ball positioning, coordinating with everybody—it it is one of the more complex jobs I think that you can have, especially for that age. But what were some of those lessons, and also what was going on with with you at that time? Uh, because it's also a unique time in life as a teenager.
1: Sure, yeah, um, thirteen—an age I I wish to never go back to um, in life. And I think, look, it's a critical period in your life. You're moving from eighth grade into high school. Um, for me, I was. You know moving into this sort of co-ed caddy environment but living in an all-female sort of high school environment um you know you're very self-aware you're not very assured of yourself you've never really been exposed to golf um you're listening to like deal transactions occurring um for very influential members of both the community and and the business community I I tell so many of the people who work for me today that I learned everything I know about business on the golf course. And I didn't even know what I was being exposed and educated at the time. But when I think about some of the the golfers that I worked for, I mean, these were traders, these were CEOs, Um, they really shaped me because where I grew up, I didn't have access to those people. I lived in a community You know, largely of um, you know, low to middle income. um, You know, police officers, firemen, you know, city workers. My father was an immigrant from Ireland. He was excellent at carpentry and construction. I wasn't exposed though to the types of jobs and individuals that I was on the course, and so part of it felt like walking into two different doors of my life. Right? It was very different than the life I lived day to day and what I was exposed to, sort of in my like normal ecosystem. And so I think the reason I even landed in the job I did was because I knew there was opportunity there. And I learned about opportunity that I didn't even know existed um, before having conversations with some people on the golf course. Um, so I would have to say, you know, exposure, um, education of, you know, business, you um, watching a deal, I I think that's probably one of the most striking memories I have was understanding and just sort of listening to what just happened. Like I heard the word merger and then I heard acquisition and then I, you know, you know, just like sort of going through the click by click and now sort of living that on a, on a weekly basis as a professional, um, is it's very full circle sort of to feel that. And so, um, those, those pieces stick with me. I, I have to double down on sort of this, um, gratitude for how much confidence, um, the experience built for me. I think when you're a teenager, um, you, you don't have that always, and you're probably your worst critic in so many ways. Um, I think caddying forced me into a very uncomfortable area that helped me become more comfortable sort of, you know, exploring new things, taking risks, not being the best, right? Sort of, sort of having to um, improve fluency in so many areas I didn't even know um, I needed to be fluent in. And so um, the confidence piece was very big for me. And I, I think caddying um, and my experience on the golf course did wonders um, for making me a more confident um, person.
0: No, oh, that's it's incredible to hear, and I think that C word is so important, right? It's it's kind of everything, and you either have it or you don't, and it, it, you kind of have to walk the walk and and feel comfortable in your own skin, and and that's a big piece of all of this at at such a, a formative time. Were there were there any members or industries or even. <laughs> M&A situations that jumped out at you and said wow like i'm really intrigued in that i could see myself doing that did you did it ever kind of <clears throat> dawn on you at that time if you really looked ahead were there any epiphanies or things like that where you said no oh, i i want to i want to work you know kind of in the pr world and brand management or it, it, how did how did some of those conversations impact you
1: Sure, so I I won't shame or embarrass any members and disclose their business dealings that occurred in front of me. Um, Here's what I will tell you. I, I, for the first time on that course, um, I think understood how to leverage like mentorship and learn, knew I could learn from, you know, so many people who had these diverse backgrounds and experiences that I didn't have. so I think I understood the mentorship model for the first time and how to really sort of seek and crave and soak up um, advice and, and sort of what I was learning from them on the course. I would ask them about their jobs. What did what do you do? What does that mean? How what did you do at college to get that job? Um, because my I knew I was gonna pursue a path that my parents didn't, you know, I was not gonna go into the construction industry. I was lucky enough that I had a mother who was able to stay home um, and take care of us. But I I knew I was going to do something different. And I think they helped me understand what those paths could be. And more important, Kai, I didn't understand what I needed to do to get there. I didn't understand, do you go left or right? Do you take this class or this class? Where do you even call to get an agency job? I I didn't know how anything worked. And so, so that was part of it. The other piece that I think was very pivotal for me um, was there was a female set of golfers who were incredible. Um, They had this sort of um, uh, Tuesday arrangement where they'd show up largely at the same time, and I used to call them the badass squad in my in my head. That was how I monikered them because they were professionals. They were hard charging. Um, Watching them, I think again, I go back to this confidence piece, helped me see that there was a place for me in the business world and they helped make it very real, right? And so having the contrast of both my experience with some of um, the male golfing community, which was dominant at the course, um, but this pocket of what I call the badass squad, I think was so formative in showing me I had a place, you know, there could be a place, and I think they taught me the part of sort of the complexity of what I was going to experience as a female coming up in some of these capacities um, and gave me advice that probably most women, um, you know, in professional communities, especially in um, professional careers that are dominated by men, don't get till much later in life. Now, Maybe when I was thirteen, I didn't fully process the advice that they were giving me, um, but it stuck with me. And I think just seeing them was so formative for me as as a young woman.
0: Can you elaborate on that? Uh, actually, the, the term when I first met and and interviewed Mary Petrovich for this was "badass." Right? She's just she's just a badass. Yeah. Um, and you know the I think this badass group. I'd love to know who were these women? What did they do? Uh, Because that is unique, right? It's not just, oh, women are relegated to Tuesdays. Like these women, they had their own own memberships, their own careers. And I would imagine that that was quite a paradigm.
1: Sure. So uh, I'll give you, it was a mix. Um, Some of them were part of the financial services industry. One of them was a lawyer. I believe one was trying to become a judge at the time. I mean, I'm talking like highly accomplished, very successful women. Some of them were single. Some of them were married to members of the club. Um, there was also this full circle moment watching some of the married members, you know, golf together. And and for the first time, I didn't see, you know, what it was like to have a working mom and a working father, this dual, you know, professional sort of power structure. And that was very eye opening to me and watching them have a, a equal partnership in terms of know what they delivered they were on equal footing as professionals equal footing as partners in a marriage and then parents many of them had children and so i think to me it was the diversity of wow they are powerful members of both this local community powerful members of the business community and look I'll, i'll just be honest like their personas they were They were direct. They were no BS. There was no sort of, you know, um, they were hard on me (laughs) as a caddy, like, let's go. Um, You know, you got this. But they were willing also to lean in and teach me. And so I, I call them the badass squad because I think what I learned from them is how hard they had to work to get some of the positions that they had earned for themselves in life. And they also taught me about what some of the equity gaps were that both you know, they face and that I was going to probably face um, in, in my own journey. And so, you know, advice from these women that I don't think I knew I needed because I didn't know what I didn't know, um, but that really stuck with me um, and, and carried with me, honestly, um, through my life. So these, these early mentors that popped up um, before I ever knew I probably needed them.
0: Are you still in touch with any of them? Do you recall some of the names or anything like that? I'm unfortunately not. No, over
1: like the seasons of life, I have not um, stayed in touch with any of them. I wish I I did, and and hopefully when I get a break, I can form reconnections and actually show gratitude. Um, you know, for all of the people and both men and women. You know, I I don't want to undermine. There are so many men at that course who equally served as mentors and support systems for me. Um, like I said, Patrick McDermott, who actually was one of my key sponsors um, for the, the scholarship. Um, I, I would love to go back in time and, um, sort of pay back my dues, um, if you will, um, to thank all of the golfers who helped teach and support me.
0: Well, if you can, in addition to Patrick, if there are any other names you want to share now, they will go in from an SEO standpoint. And you'd be surprised what oh, the, so any of those women, any of those members, please uh, you know, if, you can, if you can recall names, because um, that that's one of the things that we we really enjoyed is reigniting and reuniting on some of that stuff. So if I there are will. any
1: You'll have to help my brain, it's so it's so no long, problem. but I will absolutely no if they come to no me. Problem.
0: Yeah, well, so we're. I, I want to make sure that we we don't take up too much of your day. I know you've got a lot going on, but um, quickly, can you just would you look back and you mentioned tough time, uh, a lot going on, a lot of learning and maturation. What did you enjoy about caddy? as you as you reflect on that? Was there mm-hmm. is there there were things that really brought a smile to your face?
1: It's such a great question. So I think it's very simple. It was being out. I did not realize how much I appreciated being outside. And when I mentioned this sort of golf retreat my husband and I took um, together, it was like you all you felt like you were on this quiet oasis and I, I don't know how else to describe this, but living in Chicago, you know there's always noise. There, there was like a truck going down your street, a car going down your street, police sirens, fire trucks. When I was on the course, I honestly felt I was in a different world, right? This sort of bubble. And it was beautiful and it was green and it was quiet and it was sunny and it was so peaceful on so many levels um, that it it truly did feel like an oasis in the middle of this very loud and busy and chaotic world. And I felt that deeply (laughs) now being the mother and a full-time working parent, when we went um, to the course the other weekend, you know, the quiet, the peace. And this sort of concept that you're in your 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 own sort of um, oasis is something that has stuck with me, and I feel that um, every time I'm back on the course.
0: I I just have to know it's not even a standard uh, question for us, but. What what skills attributes have you taken into your own leadership style, working with clients? Yeah. You know, what, what what were some of the things that were kind of ingrained in you at, at, from a caddy experience that you now apply to some of the, the biggest companies and C-suites in the world?
1: Sure. I mean, look, I, I think everything I know about client service started um, with being a caddy. A caddy is client service at the end of the day. Um, I learned so much about listening really understanding the individuality of every client right or golfer that you were working with learning their game you know sort of learning their um their tics and um you know their personality some of them were quiet some of them were gruff some of them were very energetic and engaging and so understanding sort of personality set and style on the course and then learning how to adjust my approach for each distinct golfer. I mean, paid dividends to really sort of shaping me ultimately as an advisor and really learning a person and then understanding how to address adjust my advisory approach to those people. I also think and taught me a lot about problem solving. Um, you know, ultimately what I do every day boils down to helping clients solve different business challenges. And when you think about the game, right, and the course, you know, you're sort of solving for your golfer persona. If your golfer perhaps doesn't have the best game in the world, you're thinking, how am I going to get through 18 holes with this person in like, the least painful way possible. I didn't
0: know um, somebody could shoot 120.
1: <laughs> exactly. Or why does this person always land in a sand trip or the water? <laughs> um, you know, you learn so much through the game. I think you also learn so much about being patient and empathetic, um, which has taken me miles and in, in sort of, um, you know, really understanding someone and where they're coming from and i I learned so much about that through my interactions on the course but those are sort of the biggest thing i think understanding people which clearly as a client um, service person is critical and then sort of understanding how to um look at problems analyze problems and be solutions oriented i think any caddy you meet has to be solutions oriented right um, and sort of have an answer ready, have a club ready, um, learn the next move, anticipate the next move, um, take sort of unexpected headwinds into account, like, oh, that rainstorm that nobody predicted, and now I've got to go nine holes through it, um, totally changes your game, totally changes the plan. And I think you you become adaptable and, and flexible. I, I was telling my daughter the other day, um, another memory that sort of, Comes back when you reached out to me was um there was a terrible rainstorm and the the lightning sirens went off um it was a, just a torrential downpour but the the group that i was out with was determined to finish right we were going to get through this you could tell they were also like really struggling with my safety at the same time and like the responsibility <laughs> of me not getting hit by lightning and so i was like we're great let's keep going you know don't worry and so we made it through i'm soaking wet like the bag is disgusting um everyone's a mess i don't even know how we finished i think we tore up half of the back nine because it was just a swamp um and and the golfer who i was canning for at the time took me into the pro shop and said i realized i've ruined all of your clothing <laughs> you know you really were such a trooper You know and got me all new you know gear from the shop to make up for it and then we sat down and we had a great you know like lunch after and and i learned about what he did for a living i i understood why that back nine and finishing meant so much to him because he needed that time and he needed that recharge now i i clearly appreciate it but it was like sort of going through those moments with people really learning people um the vulnerability of sort of the the golfers that you talked to i mean you were you were learning about all parts and facets of their life and they had a bad week at work and their child was struggling with this I and mean, when you think about how much you were exposed to um it should surprise no one why so many caddies i think end up being very good counselors um and advisors at the end of the day
0: no it makes total sense Uh, honestly, even your sharing that story is just a good reminder for for me of, I think, what we can all take into it, right? Everyone's got stuff going on on the back of the business card. And so just making sure that we always remain cognizant of that and, you know, hopefully as stoked as possible. Before I I let you go, you you alluded to something that I thought was unique and and, uh, really special. And I, I hope you're okay with my asking about it. But when you were a young woman and you passed by the pool, and, you know, especially because Young women who are, are caddying or thinking about caddying or forging their own careers. Can you describe that dynamic and what that was like? How it made you feel, and you know how you how you kind of reflect on it now?
1: Yeah, I think that it taught me very early that if you really want something in life, you're going to have to take detours, and the detour is not going to be comfortable, and it's not going to be what you want. And I think that again i credit my parents for really pushing me um, to stay the course no pun intended um i think it taught me early in life to just really focus on independence and what my sort of end goal and end path was and sometimes that would mean you don't get to hang out with your friends you know you don't get to go to the pool there's sacrifices that come you know sort of with the experience I also knew I wasn't going to be like everybody else. Some of the kids at the pool had more privilege than me in terms of parents who were able to pay for college. Mine weren't. And I had different choices in life. And so I think that, um, you know, I have so, so much gratitude for all of the people who helped direct me down the path that I ended up going, because frankly, I wouldn't have chosen it. Um, by myself, I wouldn't have. And I probably would have succumbed to peer pressure um, to do what everyone else was doing. And I didn't. And I can tell you that for every success that I have been lucky enough to have in my life, it has come on the other side of someone pushing me into the uncomfortable um, that has yielded dividends for my own development, um, diversity in terms of what I'm exposed to in life Um, You know, and and sort of reinforcing for me that you don't get anything (laughs) in life without hard work. You also don't do things in life alone. And I don't think you achieve success ever alone. You achieve success, you know, by what I have had, you know, the end result of incredible support systems to this day around me. I'm only successful in this job because of the team that I am lucky enough to have recruited Um, and developed and who support me every day by the clients, you know, who continue to invest in me, um, take the counsel and listen. And by the people like Tom Gorman, who, you know, are willing to sort of go the extra mile to help someone in life. And so, you know, you sort of asked me what I'd like to get out of this. And what I would like to do is sort of give back to young women, even thinking or exploring something like caddying, you know, the belief that you can do it and the support that I was so lucky to receive, um, you know, across my life journey.
0: That is really beautifully said. Um, there's really nothing that we can add to, uh, (laughs) to (laughs) to accentuate that, that beautiful prose. So thank Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure. Um, before we completely part ways you mentioned a few yeah, names but if there sure. are any any people that you want us to to track down please um please highlight them and, and tell us a little bit about them so that we can keep opening that door especially for young women who are who may not know what caddying is or that they should do it
1: yeah i think i i mentioned um galen bell um a beverly uh, caddy celia moore a beverly caddy both marquette evans scholars um Uh, There is also a woman who I I met in college. She was a Daniel Murphy scholar. Her name is Rosalind King. Um, She's also from the south side of of Chicago um, and has pursued a marketing career. She's a wonderful person. I think having the understanding and perspective of what the Daniel Murphy scholars um, path was, it is different than sort of the traditional um, caddy set, I think is something worth exploring, Kai, and, and looking into. And Rosalind is a wonderful um, example of of Daniel Murphy and the success that she went on to um, achieve in her life. But I will continue to reflect and, and absolutely um, share names with you.
0: Well, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure, Sheila. I, I know we ate up a, a bunch of your time today, but uh, the, the story is really, really special. And we want to make sure that we have it down for for others to kind of learn and, and follow.
1: Thank you so much, Kai.
0: All right. Take care. Have a great day.
1: You too. Bye now.